Okay. Um, so again, Amani, I've got to ask this question. Zaini mm-hmm. to Airtel, mm-hmm. there's this whole Pan-Africa thing happening. Of mm-hmm. course, when it comes to Pan-Africa, mm-hmm. you cannot not mention you know, or pick you. Mm-hmm. And you're picked for this project. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this project. I don't even want to give it out <laughs> for those guys who may not so, know it. Interestingly enough, um, when we were about to release the album and we're talking about the brand Amani, how she's gonna, you know, that's basically Amani. We even had, I mean, I had an entire thing written out about the attributes of Amani. She's this, she's this, she's this. There were three. You're talking this like it's a persona. It's like somebody different. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's you, there's... Arimo is there's an introvert. Left to Arimo, she would probably never end up on stage. Um, there's a vision about who I am as an artist, objectives, the attributes of me as an artist, and short-term and long-term goals. Everything had been written down. After I worked at Canada and I realized that for you to what brand building is all about and what a brand is, because people will say brand this, brand that. Do you really have a brand? Mm. You know, mm. what are you, you know, are you really a brand or are you just hyping yourself because you have the word brand and it sounds nice? Mm. <laughs> you know, not on a jacunatakujita brand. No, you know sound poor. But are you really a brand? So um we just after we're writing all that he asked me francis asked me so which product do you see yourself very similar to and um i thought about it he was like go think about it so i thought i thought i thought and i was like i came back and i remember i'd seen then zane they had um they were writing about who they are as a brand and everything, and I'd already written my own. Mm. And I was like, they're similar. Mm. And I went to friends, I'm like, look, I didn't even have to look like we're similar. We're sim- as brands, we are similar. Mm. And he was like, that's interesting. They're like, do you think they'd be interested? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. And um, by then, um, I knew somebody who worked there. And I was like, yeah, we want to see them, see if we can have a brand partnership and everything. And the person arranged the meeting and me and Francis uh, made our way. This was before that Airtel thing. Mm. So me, I'm thinking, hey, we're similar. Let's see how we can work Mm. together. Hey, (laughs) we left that meeting like this. Like, okay, sour, sour, sour. Why? I don't think they were ready to work with me then. Mm. And um, yeah. So I just was like, sour, it's okay. I mean, what you're looking for, I probably don't have it. So it's fine. And I went back into my life of gigging. Then I remember just before the Airtel deal came, mm. um, Francis called me and said, hey, there's another deal. I'm like, interesting. I was like, who? Like Safaricom. I'm like, oh, they're doing Safaricom live. I'm mm. like, ah. Mm. He's like, oh, we need to go see Mike. I'm like, okay, so I remember we went to Safaricom house, so microbar, and um, Francis did not think the deal was favorable. Mm. Me, I'm thinking, who else do you have? Like, oh, all the other artists are there. Noni is there, Joakali is there. Mm. So, so I'm like, that's the entire industry. Francis is seated there. He's like, look at me like, shh. I'm thinking, sign the papers. <laughs> Everybody's we there. We don't leave gigs. We don't leave gigs. <laughs> two apart here, two gigs. <laughs> what is going on here? Francis, thinking, and if he could, he would have salutated me at that time. I'm looking at him like, Dude, man, they're doing 10 gigs. We need this, you know? 
if we don't get this, where are we going to get money? <laughs> you know, mm. everything. My answer is whole. Calm down. Me, I'm thinking, sign this thing. Sign this thing. Francis is like, okay, fine. We'll get back to you. We're in the lift. I'm telling Francis, can we go back there and sign that thing? You know, I'm like, so are we signing? Francis looks ahead, straight face. No. <sighs> I was like, why? Why are we not signing? You know, I want to sign. You don't want to sign. You don't want money. Isn't that money they've given us there? And he said, I'll explain why. Just go home. We'll meet tomorrow. I'm like, I... Can we sign? <laughs> and I went home and I tried to understand why he was not for signing. Mm. But today I know why. Why? Um, he, he knew the impact I had as a brand. Mm-hmm. And that was not my value. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And he said, we have not worked this hard for this. Mimi, I was taking the gig because we don't leave gigs. Mm. We take them. <laughs> Give them their two songs. Give them their two songs and keep it going. And I told him, every other song is going to be on that thing. I mean, every other artist, sorry, mm. is going to be on that thing. They're going to be doing the life thing and mm. everything. This and is just a fast safari come life. Yeah. Mm. And he was like, no. Just him, so what am I going to do? Everybody's going to be on this thing. And he joked and he said, well, if they, all of them, they're doing those ones, then it means you might have an allowance to get the rest they leave. And I'm like, oh, okay. Aha moment. You know. And we went home. We didn't have any deal. We didn't have any nothing. And I was like, whew, this one's going to hit hard. So I thought about what the impact of Safaricom Live would do. Safaricom is a big brand. They're going to take them to all these towns. Mm. They're going to be doing these live gigs. I've just finished doing my tourals in those towns. <laughs> Meanwhile, they are going rigged up yeah, nicely. Heavy live band. And really. I told I told Francis, I'm like, even at that, man, scares are going with live band, the full thing. Naila force advertising yourself come Nakila Kitu. I hear they're even being trained on how to perform. Mm. And then he's like, You went to Norway. I'm, I'm like, yeah, for three years. Yeah. Got trained by a very good lady. I'm like, yes, you're fine. And I just I left it at that. I'm like, the deal is to be signed. We are, we are, when it comes to the album, we're partners in that. And this, you know, I can't just decide, ah, forget mm. you and go sign. It mm. just can't happen. And I just decided to just immerse myself in work. I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's get back to what we do best. Let's gig, mm. you know. And we went back to gigging. Then one day, I get a phone call from someone. And she's like, hi, is this the money? I'm like, yeah. Do you remember me? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And she's like, I need to meet you about something. And I met up with her and she said, as she was talking, I was like, see God, see God, see God, see God. (laughs) And of course, I'm trying to contain myself. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll I'll talk to my executive producer. I'll get back to you. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. And I went to the car and I called friends. I'm like, I think we have something. He's like, don't get too excited. Don't negotiate. I'll negotiate. I'm like, huh? You might, you might refuse this one. Like, and I told him, ah, I'm like, well, Francis is good. Artists need a Francis in their life. Like, don't negotiate. I'll negotiate. I'm like, but dude, man, you might leave this one. Like, we left the other one. You might just throw me under the bus. And he's like, trust me, I'll negotiate. And he went in, and they negotiated. 
and he came back and he was smiling and he said this one is good <laughs> i like it's good yeah it's good i'm like okay and when i saw what it involved i was like oh my goodness uh-huh, uh-huh. this is it's good, good. <laughs> and i was just happy i was like i'm a female artist i'll be representing kenya and i'm not the curtain raiser and i'm not filling in yep it's me and i was happy about that so you know deal came out billboards then they had scratch cards on scratch card mm. posters the full so first and foremost they made you the brand work. ambassador for Kenya Airtel yeah <clears throat> which on its own was crazy yeah and then now was this other project hands hands across the world yep. was now the project they were going to have an official ringtone so to speak so hands across the world is going to be the official ringtone for Airtel that was going to be on all Airtel phones that they sell together with the SIM cards across Africa. You don't get very many female entertainers. They're kind of scared to go out there do and do entertainment because of how they're perceived in society, you know, to be laid back and mothers taking care of children. So the whole entertainment thing just looks like oh 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 no. But I just hope this will inspire more women to think, you know what? We can do this. It's possible. Yo. Yeah. And that's now when the Arkeli thing came in. Yeah. So, uh, I know with surviving Arkeli there's there's a whole lot there's of There's a whole story over there. But I just want to talk about the story at the, at the time. You mm-hmm. get what I mean? So, first and foremost Arkeli is one of the biggest artists in the world at mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. He's coming to Africa. Mm-hmm. He's producing a song that's been done mm-hmm. by you and which other artists were there i know those two faced dibia those navio navio yes those alikiba there was um Mubazelain from uh, gabon there was um who else there was jk from zambia yo and also i think there's someone from ghana i can't remember mm. yeah so they fly there's you a group guys. from ghana and that's all in the name yeah so mm-hmm. they fly you guys over to states imagine yeah chicago to work yeah. with him. Yes. And How? his producers and his engineers. What was that experience like? That was like 7 days of fast forward in my life. Like it happened so fast. And I remember the lady who had given me a phone call, she was there and she was like you're nervous. I'm like yes, that's why I'm not talking. I couldn't talk half of the time. Mm. I was just I was just experiencing it. I I couldn't talk. I'm mm. like wow. And you enter the studio and they start telling you the history about the studio. You know they're like Michael Jackson recorded here. I don't know who recorded here. I'm like, "Hey! <laughs> we're recording here." And you don't want to look like ukona hiyo excitement. Unataka ukae kwa sawa, but inside you're just having these emotions. I mean, everything. For the first time I got to understand, you know, vile artist must majutiwa sasa And you know, yeah. You know you go to that studio you see the professionalism in that studio and how and how they record and how you know they're so particular about mm. everything and I remember even then Lucas calling me and telling me don't embarrass us <laughs> <laughs> you better do this like so you recorded I'm like yeah was it good I'm like I think it was so you made it I'm like it was I did my best it it was good He wrote the yeah. song he been Arkeli Yes he did Then then so 
what so what what happens does he talk to you and find out things about you and then now yes right, you know, right. we talked and everything um i remember at one point in time as artist we're just in the studio sat down on the carpet talked about experiences talking about africa talking about music and everything we interacted mm. yeah now that song comes out huge of course because it's got airtel backing and airtel mm-hmm. is in all these different african countries mm-hmm. does this mean now you begin performing in different african countries yeah this pan-african vibe you called it and it became yes like you know first and foremost for somebody to say pan-african i'm trying to be a pan-african artist at that time that was so that's dreaming beyond yeah it was dreaming beyond and even till today if you ask francis we didn't quite get there Mm. because he's him his vision was even much greater than that. Yeah. He was like Pan-African artists get to the level of Yvonne Chaka Chaka. Mm, I hear you. Yeah. And that's the benchmark that you, you had put. That's the benchmark I was working with. Sure. So with every other noise that was going on around me in Kenya, people saying this, people saying that, that is where I was working. So you guys, with Airtel, you do tours in different countries now. You now, not only doing tours with Airtel, because you see there were launches that were happening in different countries. There was Ghana, there was Tanzania, there was Uganda, there was Nigeria. So you go, where's the launch? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But that must have been an experience in a three quarter. It was an experience and a half. And uh, I'm grateful for it, you know, that I actually got to experience that. And um, it also made me realize something. Sometimes you think that your song has not traveled that far. Mm. Um, again, power ABCD. Mm. <laughs> so you'll be in another African country that you don't even think your song, people know it. And they're like, yes. You know, like I remember meeting Peace Square and they're like, we know your song. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought that song just rotated around East Africa. Mm. And they're looking at you like, what are you talking about? You, We knew you here. And yeah. You really don't think it has gone that far, but I think it's power your, your grind. To be honest, when I hear you speak, I just see such a hard worker who doesn't give up no matter what is being, the madness being thrown highway or the or the roadblocks coming. Yeah. So I just think the VCD was one of the things that helped you. Yes. But to be real, the fact even you're saying you're doing every gig, as a musician, I know the amount of work it takes to do gigs. If you're off stage, it's fun and you want to be that person, but it's work. It's, it's a lot this of is work. Your work your nine you, to five. you don't sleep. Um, and of course, there are a lot of things that happen in between. Mm. When you're doing gigs, people want to interact with you when you go to that particular town. Yep. And they want to... You know, they, they want to interact with you and everything. Mm. And when you don't, they'll be like, ah, oh, she's a snob. But I'm thinking... If I interact with you, I'm going to be late for my next gig. And if I'm late for my next gig, the person I'm late for will be pissed off. Mm. So, And my name begins getting that reputation. Exactly. Of. So I remember even at some point in time, I had to slow down on how many gigs I took in a day because of, you know, being late. Because you see, you could go for a gig, maybe they're having an afternoon thing, and they've said that you're going to go on stage at three, but you go on stage at four o'clock, and you have another one, and the person you, you're going to after that is like, you know, why is she showing up late? Mm. But, you know, and they have, uh, you, you can't start saying, oh, you're going to be thinking, uh-uh, aren't we paying you, you enough? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. 
It can get tricky also. Oh, I get mm-hmm. it. Hey, there's some good problems to have, but they're problems. <laughs> <laughs> but they are problems. I know, I hear you. Because later on, you know, when now it got to a place, I didn't realize some of the things that were going on. I didn't realize that, you know, when you've worked on a strategy for so long and the strategy starts coming together, mm. you, you're working towards a goal and you're working towards a strategy and you're working as a team. Mm. But out there, people are working against it like we need to stop her mm, mm. so it wasn't that she was being stopped as a female artist now it became you need to stop her money so all sorts of things you get late for one gig before you know it it's in the papers oh she got late she comes late for gigs that's become the thing she's always late and you know francis is like man then stop taking the gigs and i'm like dude this is what I do. <laughs> what do you mean? Stop taking <laughs> I'm the game. I'm going back to agency. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, through the agency. So it's it's those sort of things, and I didn't realize that that's what was happening. Yeah, mm. that because now the brand was slowly becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, of course, I had my manager Doreen, but she flew out. She mm. went to Canada. And in between there, I struggled with a few managers here and there. And Francis kept repeating, you need a manager as a buffer. Mm. You know, you can't be dealing with the promoters trying to explain to them that I got late at that other gig. And, you know, he was like, you're an introvert. You're going to look pissed at some point, mm. you know, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is true. I mean, I'm an introvert and I'll be like, okay, sour, you know. And yeah, he was like, you need proper management, you need proper management. Yeah. Did, did he get to a point where you got proper management? I'd say... In my view, mm. the best manager I had was Doreen. Mm. And it was sad that she had to fly out. I mm. feel we could have accomplished much more together. I get. Okay, yeah. I love I love what you're saying. Explain the importance of a manager and what makes a good manager, a manager in your, in your is view. Very important. And a man I get. Okay, yeah. I love I love what you're saying. Explain the importance of a manager and what makes a good manager, a manager in your in your is view. Very important. And a manager basically acts as a buffer for the artist. It's all well and good as an artist. You you would want to be in the room negotiating and everything, but a manager has more negotiating negotiating power over you. Mm. Because then they're representing you there. They're your advocate. And it's easier for the client to listen to somebody who's representing you as an advocate as opposed to yourself. Because, of course, it will even come out as feeling good, bragging, mm, and mm, all that. Mm. Yeah. The other thing is, as an artist, you have so much you're dealing with. You know, sometimes you'll be literally in between gigs. Mm. You know, you've taken off to Uganda. You've gotten there. Izo days roaming haikuwa vile kwa siku hizi. Ukifika Uganda lazima uingishe sasa sim card ya Uganda. You know, you can't be found on your phone. Some dude is worried that you won't show up for the Sunday gig. <laughs> Who are they going to get in touch with? You see, it's those yeah. sort of things. You need just someone to manage what you're doing. If possible, if you blow, blow, blow. You know, like we mm. say in Nigeria, blow like trumpet. If you blow, <laughs> have a road manager and now have a manager who handles your artist, your persona as a brand. That's if you've gotten to that level. Okay, yeah. what was the strain now? For you, what becomes now the tipping point? Uh, first of all, I, I, I don't want to fast forward in case there's, yeah. there's any other stories, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out the tipping point between... Okay, enough is enough. I'm going gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Is that next? Is that where we go next? I think from then on, after the Airtel deal, mm. Francis is like second album now. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, can I get a break? Because I've been working like... 
back, back to back, back to back, working, 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 working. After finding my sound album, after album, VCD, after VCD, touring, after touring, uh, yeah. Airtel comes again, touring and everything. I'm like, can I get a break? Can I get like a three month break? Can I just breathe? And he was like, fine, but you have a, you, you have a second album to think about and finish. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, we're going back. We're going back to that place again. So now it's, where are you going with your second album? Mm. What's your sound? What's your sound? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> we're not back here again, are we? <sighs> I'm like, what? And both of them were like, it's going to be easy. I'm like, it's not easier. It's not, it's hard. Why is it harder? Because I, I really wanted to get to that place faster. Mm. For them, I wasn't quite there. I was supposed to have gotten to the level of Yvonne Chaka Chaka mm. and beyond. And they're like, second album, we need to do this. This is the one that's going to deliver. Now think about songs that establish you as an artist. Show your artistry. Do this, do that. And I'm like, can I get a break? I need to think about this. This is now too much. And you see, on the other hand, I didn't have time like before. Mm. Before I had time. Because, mm. mm. you know. Yep. Squirm blow. You got a time. Now, in between the gigging, in between the noise, I'm supposed to sort of come down, do the second album, and figure out what my, excuse me, my sound is going forward, and how I was going to maintain this. And I just needed time. Mm. And it just got more intense. When you think you're getting a break, is when. In and the lessons are intense and more intense. <laughs> this is crazy. And I'm like, whew, I need to breathe, I need to breathe, I need to breathe. Mm. And I kept saying that, I, I, I need time, I need time, I need time. And I think it got to a point, Francis was getting frustrated. Lucas, of course, got frustrated a long time ago. Him, he was done and dusted. Just as mm. in, like, mm. is she doing album? No, uh -huh. And what, you know, there was a lot going on at that point in time. Mm. Um, they felt as a record label, they need to streamline certain things. Of course, as an artist, you know, there are, few, there are issues going on. Mm. And um, me as an artist now saying, okay, second album. Were you happy with the finances? I, I was happy with the finances. Okay. Finances, I know, is always a huge one with artists. <laughs> so I just wanted to clear this also out because mm. sometimes I've, the rumor may be that. Mm. So with you, you are okay from a financial perspective. For a, from a financial Ogopa, perspective. Ogopa, you cut everything that's happening. At that point in time, I mean, we, we had our issues. Okay. We had our issues. Oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You know, there, there were issues. Mm -hmm. But in terms of were we going to work on a second album? For sure. Yes, for okay. sure. Okay. But of course, where you're working with people and you've been working together for over then, for like close to 10, 15 years, mm. of course there are issues. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I hear that. But there are not issues actually that would stop. It's like any relationship. Yes. Has issues. But you guys found a way to build a bridge and get over it. Yes. Am I right? Or I don't put words in your mouth. <laughs> no, I mean, we were working towards, the focus was the second album and everything. Okay. And that was now, you need to get our second album out. You need to get where we had planned for you to get to. Okay. Because so, they had a plan. I get it. So, yeah. So now we're working towards album and everything. I am in this space where there's so much going on. I had not taken time to sort of absorb a lot of things that had been going on in my life. I had not mm. taken time to even like realize a lot of things that were going on around me. Were you in a, were you in a relationship at this time? 
is the talk about relationships <laughs> okay, so, so, okay no problem we don't have to let's move on i mean relationships wise uh huh, i don't know it was what it was okay. you know i was just but was i thinking seriously i never really thought about a serious relationship until i got to about 33 mm. i was working okay so at 33 is when i stopped and i was like oh, my friends are married i'm not married and i'm like i don't even have prospect <laughs> like okay um hmm i guess that is something we need to think about mm. yeah so yeah until i got to 33 that's the time i was like okay fine i need to get into a relationship that's leading to marriage before then gig <laughs> okay i get it i like you you're nice but i got a gig <laughs> do you like gigs no You don't? Do you, do you like girls who go on stage and wear short skirts? I'll dance with your friend. Did you like that? So, mm-hmm. I I was not trying. You know when you're about to get married as a girl, you present yourself as a yeah, good yeah. girl. Mm. No, it's not. I was like basically You are the bad girl. I will show you <laughs> the reasons why you should not get married. <laughs> Because I was just I think that was my way of shielding myself from okay. dealing with that. It wasn't mm. until I was 33 and I was like, hold up. Why 33? I don't know. Oh, okay. At 33 is when I stopped to think. Mm. Before then, I was just working. Work, 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 work. And when I stopped to think, I started taking breaks. I take breaks. I'm like, okay, fine, my savings are going down, let me get back to work. And that just now became the routine. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, oh, my savings are going down, let me let me take another break. Let me let me work again. Let me take another break. Oh, your album is coming and there's all this happening. Of course, I felt some type of way. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm not even married, you know. Who would even want to marry me? Ah, oh, forget that. You know, so I kept pushing that at the back cuz I'm like, who would want to marry me? Mm. <laughs> and I started understanding why, you know, most female artists had issues with relationships and everything mm. and you know being all happy go lucky i tried dating here and there without realizing that there were so many stories about me going out there mm. that by the time i was going for a coffee date that dude is intriguing himself mm. he's not even serious he's like macha tuone but he's oh, been that told is so crazy everything under the sun and i never realized it until i met my now husband Oh man, Pole. That so, is insane. I so I didn't realize that there were so many stories of me out there until I met him and he said, "Oh, I was told you did this." And I'm like, "Why did you even stay? As in, why did you even continue talking to me because you're like, I was told you did this." And I'm like, "I have evidence. Here's the email. I have evidence. Look at this." Not yeah. like me have receipts. That's crazy. So the old stories of course there was a famous picture going around so any dude who maybe even had been out of the country what and picture I there was a scandalous picture of me that came out mm. and this was before the MTV awards I did a gig in Uganda mm. and um well <laughs> <laughs> what kind of happened things happen <clears throat> now that I'm born again I'll say um I have never done well with alcohol. Mm. And I was in UG and UG they you know they like to make their artists feel comfortable. Mm. And I was asked what do you like taking? I was like, "Oh, I like Amarula or Baileys." So they made me comfortable, made sure that my room always had some Amarula or Baileys. And for lack of better judgment, you know, 
that particular day i had a gig i started indulging at 1 pm mm. meanwhile i had a gig and uh yeah by 7 pm yeah you had fried <laughs> 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 not a laughing matter. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Medium rare. <laughs> But they, whew, whatever the media had been searching for for years, they I presented it. it to them. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> you made a mistake. Yeah. And that I mistake made, was publicly put out there. Yes, I made a mistake and I was judged forever for that mistake. Yo. Prior to that, I really had never had any mistake or scandal to that level. None. Mm. And I should have I take responsibility because i should have been more wiser i shouldn't have started drinking at 1 p.m knowing that i have a gig later on at 7 p.m mm. because you know you're not supposed to do that and i always used to try my level best actually i used to perform most of the time sober mm. but yeah okay i get it and they took it and they ran with it and those who were not a money fans ran with it and mm. even today they run with it i'm sure there's somebody who condemns me as a born again christian due to that picture but thank god christ does not remember i get it yeah i love it ah oh, man it must be so hard in fact i'm not even seeing this as a first as a female artist but when you're on the top everybody who wants your spot yeah like they'll do anything they'll do anything so i hadn't stopped to realize the stories i hadn't stopped to realize the hatred the jealousy i hadn't until That's crazy. much later on and i'm like hold up and i think i probably reacted a lot to some of the situations because then when i started taking breaks is when i actually stopped and i was like why did they say that why why did they do that you know mm. because before then i hadn't I, i had no time mm. i absolutely had no time to now to why did they say that why did they do that hey, you're a strong one and then now much later is when until i met my now husband he said I heard you do this and the most ridiculous story he told me was um he told me that I was told that you were a drug addict mm. and you recovered and I'm like what and he was like that's why your eyes are the way they are and I was offended and I was like listen I grew up with allergies mm. I've had allergies all my life mm. and when I have an allergic reaction my eyes go red But then it's like even when I was telling you here have some yeah. have something you're like no no I've got sinuses. Yes. So for that one up that one really offended me that I mm. was into hard drugs and that's how my eyes ended up the way they are. Like hard drugs. I've never seen some of these things. <laughs> I don't even know how they look like. Mm. And I think my husband on the other hand is also a very strong person because he when he was given that information he was like okay and um His dad is a is a professor of pharmacy mm. and you know he decided I'm going to find out how does a person who's been doing hard drugs look like Whoa hey, so there's I a lot that came to him So he was so he looked at me and he was like this guy is not doing hard drugs It's a lie and how can you decide it's only the eyes you know if I've been injecting things where where are the marks where are they you know I have sinuses. I've been pulling up things my nose. Why am I not nose bleeding? Mm. You know, there's there's a lot. You know, but of course those things were told to him to deter him from talking to me, mm. to befriending me. And he's the one unfortunately of all the guys I met, he's the only one who told me. 
told me I was told you were a drug addict. I was told you did this. I was told you did that. I was told all oh, the person who gave you the 1-8 deal, you guys were, yes, were things together, that mm -hmm. you know, and everything. And I'm like, really? This is the lady who calls me for 1-8. This is our communication from day one. I had receipts. So I think with time, he realized that there was a lot of things that had been said about me that were probably not true. So every time someone came to him with information, he came and asked me what happened in this incident. Me, I just produced receipts. Yo, that must have been so... Hold on, I want us to change the battery. We continue this conversation immediately after this.